Back here on this Monday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning, the last week for us until 2023. I'll do the show on Friday, then that's it, until January 2nd, I should say, 2024. So we are big people on this week, and my next guest has been great to me. I mean great to me, and he's a big deal. He's on Fox and Friends, on Fox News every morning, has his own great show on Fox News, 9 p.m. on Saturday nights, One Nation, right after my good buddy Mark Levin, and of course, does a tremendous job following me each and every weekday morning right here on WABC. He's a very talented Brian Kilmeade. Good morning, Brian. What's happening, Sid? Thanks so much. I mean, if I'm on on a Monday and you want all your biggest names, am I? Does that mean I'm your biggest name? I mean, can I? I can only conclude that. Well, you're in there. I mean, look, uh, today's guest list: Siggy Flicker, Bill O'Reilly. These are some huge, huge names. So, yes, you are correct. Well, the biggest. I'm going to just give me a second. I'm, give me, I'm changing my resume right now. Hold on. Just fill, fill the. Okay, I did it. I just sent. I'm sending it out to Kinko's. You didn't send I'm it anywhere. It. And the truth is, with you being in Michigan and Kansas and Pennsylvania, all over the country, it's amazing. I guarantee you never mentioned my name once. Not once. Uh, you did come up. You come up a lot uh, when I sign anywhere in the area. So I forgot. Uh, in two or three areas, people say I really love to hear you on WABC, and I go, oh, "You like the show?" He goes. No, no, I like you with Sid. I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks. You know I'm on after Sid, right? You know I got my own show. That's funny. Which hurts my feelings. No, no, come on. You're great. But I I do love hearing that. I'm not going to lie to you. So so I left my house this morning. I had uh, all kinds of water damage last year. Had to move out for six months. Had to move back into New York City, which I could really do without at this point. And uh, now I've got uh, another issue. And uh, last night, the rain, the wind coming into work this morning. As I was driving, they were shutting down the Verrazano Bridge. The Bell Parkway was a mess. So I need to know, Brian, coming in from Long Island, from Massapequa to Midtown, 49th and 6th, what was your trip like this morning? It was pretty bad. Uh, you know, I feel so fortunate and I was so worried uh, because I'm in Wichita. You can't get back directly. I had to go to Atlanta and then they screwed up my uh, transfer. So I'm saying to myself, I'm looking at this weather and I'm thinking I'm going to be stuck. But I was able to land. I actually landed at midnight. So I've only slept a couple of hours. I know, it's crazy. But by the time I got up, it was a typhoon on Long Island. Not an actual typhoon, but it was really bad. uh, So it just took my time, you know. They do send a car for me in the morning. On the way home, I'm on the train. But they do send a car so I can get some work done in the morning. But I did notice we were going about 40 miles an hour as opposed to, you know, I demand 85. (laughs) Uh, I demand top speed. (laughs) I did not want a hydroplane to work, though. Right. No, it's dangerous out there. So folks that are getting in their cars right now, Listening to me and Brian, it is uh, it is rough out there. So be careful on this Monday morning. So, well, you know, of course, that uh, last Saturday, nine days ago, I had the great opportunity to spend a lot of time actually with President Trump. He was in town, the New York Republicans Club, a big event, thousand people, Cipriani's, and of course, the guy that runs that club is a guy named Gavin Wax. And everybody was talking this weekend that there's been another discussion between Trump and Gavin Wax again. Trump coming back to New York and having a rally in the South Bronx. Now, people go, why? I'll tell you why. Because Trump really believes, and he said it more than once last Saturday night, he can win New York. And a rally in South Bronx will only help him do that. What do you think of Trump and Wax getting together and Trump maybe ending up in the South Bronx? And you know, it's so interesting. So I'm in Wichita, and you know, believe it or not, yeah, I, I love traveling around different states and getting a sense of what's going on, you know, Midwest, wherever it is. And one of the questions last night was, why do uh, Republicans only talk to the audiences that they vote for, that's going to vote for them? 
You know, I, what are you talking about? He goes, how come I never see Republicans in the south side of Chicago? How come I never see Republicans de- dealing with black audiences in New York? And I said, they have no plan. They just hope that they realize at one point that Democrats are hurting them. And I think it's a huge liability. They have no plan. So they, they don't make an effort. And why? Because they've been frustrated. They put an effort in. The vote still doesn't come their direction. Where historically, Lincoln was a Republican. Frederick Douglass was a Republican. Booker T. Washington was a Republican. Every Though the Democrats, they were the ones historically with the, Jim Crow. That's their idea. The Ku Klux Klan. That's their idea. There was jujitsu done in the 1960s and I would not be I would not be afraid to go into these audiences you set up of you know set up security do what you have to do and get people to challenge you Trump's got the answers you know if these candidates don't have the answers they shouldn't be president this is what I'll do and listen first off listen what are your issues what are your frustrations what do you think when I say when I support the cops why do some people interpret that as I don't support minorities what would you, let me hear your point of view and then I'll give you mine and then maybe they'll say you don't know what it's like X Y and Z that's called a dialogue and it also shows people care show up that's all you have to do. Show up. This could be the beginning of showing up. And look, Vivek Ramaswamy has done that in certain areas. There's been no cameras. I know he's done it, though. I would love for Trump to start doing that. But not just here. I'd go into Chicago. I, I'd go into all these inner city areas, Charlotte, North Carolina, these purple states where for some reason they're competitive. Go into these cities. Go into Philadelphia. And just say, what is the problem here? Go and sit to do your press conference around Skid Row over in Philadelphia. Say, this is the reason I lose this state. What, what exactly are the Democrats doing for you guys? I love that. I think you bring up a, a great idea. You're right. Not no, Don't just keep it to the Bronx. Take it all over to all these cities. Donald Trump. Now, on the flip side, you've got Joe Biden, who now is losing according to the latest polls, in seven major swing states. And he keeps asking for a two-state solution. Now, I'm Jewish, so it's a little more personal to me. Now that you don't care, everybody cares. Everybody was hurt by October the 7th. But it is more personal to me, and I can tell you, I don't want a two-state solution. We tried it for decades and decades. It wasn't just October the 7th. They've been killing Jews in Israel forever. Bombs at Sparrow, bombs on buses. The fact is, they just can't live together. We don't want them. I don't want them. No two-state solution. And Biden going on and on and on. Now you got Chris Coons yesterday on Meet the Press just hammering Netanyahu that he's the most impossible guy ever to work with. Even Lindsey Graham, who I thought was on our team, you just never know with a guy like him on Meet the Press, also offering that two-state solution. Take it from me, Brian. Israel does not want a two-state solution. Netanyahu does not want a two-state solution. Jews like Sid Rosenberg in the United States don't want a two-state solution. It's not going to happen. Biden needs to get aboard or get off the bus. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in 
NYC. You know, it's kind of interesting. So I went back and looked at Lindsey Graham's comments because I could not believe he said it because I've been traveling, but I got all the tra- uh, transcripts, so I'm reading them on the plane. And he said to my friends in Israel, you do whatever you need to do best for the state of Israel. But I can tell you this, Saudi Arabia and other Arab countries cannot normalize with Israel if they, if they have seen, if they're having been seen as throwing the Palestinians under the bus. We have two choices. Continue the death spiral, not meaning for the country, the death spiral as in everyone dying, like October 7th as a catalyst for change. I think the Arabs are going to demand some form of two-state solution to recognize Israel. I think Israel is going to demand security buffers different than before, and they need to make those demands. I don't know how this ends. See, that's a lot different than it's being portrayed, but I'll tell you this, if you don't get this right this time, we're talking about another generation of tit for tat. So what he's trying to say is, he goes to these Arab nations, this is what they're saying. He's like, I know what Netanyahu is saying. I understand the things can't go back, but what is the answer? I think he's trying to say in that statement, this is what the Arab's saying. I can't continue growing the Arab Accords if it looks like we're just abandoning the Palestinians. And that's the Iran's point. Hold on a second. second. Why is it Israel's responsibility to babysit these people? You know that there was a bunch of countries that could have allowed Palestinians in. When Israel said, you got to go, you got to evacuate, we're going to blow this place to smithereens. Every one of these Arab countries, Jordan, Egypt said, no, thank you. So does Lindsey Graham know that? Does Joe Biden know that? Why is it my country's response, excuse me, why is it Israel's responsibility to harbor these people who, by the way, are taught at a young age to hate and kill Jews when no other Arab country wanted them? Why is that? You know what? I, I can't take the other side because I'm on your side. So I, I can't. I, I've I've read all these stuff. I remember, you know, in six. I remember in twelfth grade, you know, hearing about all these things. I remember in college having to take courses about this. And we remember all the Oslo Accords. You remember Ehud Barak. Remember how many times Yasser Arafat walked away, and then emerged. Then we quickly thought well, there was a chance at this. And then Condoleezza Rice, who I think is as bright as it comes, says, "Let's have a vote." And then Hamas wins the vote. And then everything just stopped. They go, you can't, we just basically gave Al-Qaeda of the Middle East a country. So that's when this whole thing derailed. And then it became intimidation. You know, the mob is in the area. You can't stand up against the mob. They got the guns, they got the weapons, they got the muscle. So I don't know how the Palestinians think. But having said that, Jordan could have taken them. They want no part of them. Egypt says this is a, this is a division of the Muslim Brotherhood. I want no part of it. They want, they want it to be somewhere in that area. But the Palestinians had their slice of land. They abandoned it. And then instead of holding on to it, they started a war in 48. 67, 73, had an infantata in the 93. I mean, it goes 98, 2003. So this kept going, but we've never seen carnage like this. Right. So the answer is Bill Maher kind of nailed it this weekend. I really encourage people to look at his monologue. He says, hey, guys, you started wars instead of instead of grabbing a piece of a country. You've lost. You've lost that land. Game over. The problem is it makes it impossible with these other Middle Eastern uh, countries. So maybe you push it to the end. And you just wipe them out. But what does happen to Gaza day two? You know, when it's over, day one, when when Hamas tunnels are blown up and for the most part they're gone. What happens then? Well, you know, that's, so like, I, uh, well, that's like asking a football coach, what happens in two weeks when you play your next game? And the football coach says the same thing every time. I'm not worried about two weeks. I'm worried about my opponent this Sunday. I've got to win but, this Sunday. Sid, and for Sid, Israel, I'll play at that analogy further. Right but now. you do have scout. But you do have advanced scouts getting ready for that game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're right. Right. You're right. Do so you follow me? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> they do I'm not saying scouts. that. You know, I'm just saying, guys. I got a commission. You got to tell me. <laughs> That's you right. know, Yeah. 
No, you're right. So, listen, uh, so there, listen, there needs I'm to be with a you. Plan. I feel the frustration. Yeah, I am angry. I'm more than frustrated. I'm angry. I want to get to uh, two more quick things. I'll let you run. This is the great Brian Kilmeade. Follows me 10 a.m. every weekday morning right here. Host of One Nation, 9 p.m. Saturday nights on Fox News. And, of course, part of that great threesome on Fox and Friends. Uh, Eric Adams, I saw his most recent comments. Let's spread the migrants out all over the place. This poor bastard, he doesn't know what to do next. I mean, we've been over this a million times. He was part of the problem for the longest time, a major part of the problem. Now he's trying to be part of the solution, but of course it's way too late, and every idea he's got now is dumber than the last. So what do we do with Eric Adams and this city moving into 2024? I, I couldn't believe he said that. I said, okay, maybe this taking out of context. <laughs> he came out and said, let's take this problem and just spread it out to every county, and if his follow-up was, I want everyone to feel our pain and then make, make some changes, but instead he's like, okay, let's leave him here and just fan him out. Do you see that seven Combined, 76% of the country thinks the border's a problem and has to be solved. 76%. So the issue that Trump made uh, made maybe a uh, the main reason why Republicans voted for him and he got the nomination in 2016 is now the number one issue in the country for all parties uh, in 2024. And I think that everybody realizes that he's the best person for this. And everybody realizes it's got to be a crackdown. And did you see the audacity of Senator Menendez? Yes. Menendez comes out and says this is anti-Hispanic and we sound like we're Trump's policies. You idiot. You corrupt piece of crap. <laughs> You're actually looking at what's happening at the border and you think this is racism? Like, did you see uh, the Castro brothers said these are racist policies that Joe Biden might be signing on to? You've let 10,000 a day in just one one day. This is millions of people come here illegally. And if you want to crack down on that and control your border, you're racist. That used to be a fear when the Mitt Romney lost. They said, Republicans, if you crack down on the border, that's going to be the message. But we have woken up since then. The Hispanic community has woken up since then. They know this is not anti-Hispanic because it's not even Hispanics coming across. It's not Mexicans. This is Senegal. This is half of Africa. This is the Middle East. This is Haiti. This is Cuba. This is everybody come one, come all. This is a once in a lifetime. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity for people. Most of these people do not qualify for amnesty. So we have to have rapid return. You, okay, congratulations. You crossed, you got to leave. Why? I told you to apply in the country you first cross into. The minute you come in our country, you made yourself ineligible. Very simple. And we just uh, have the plane standing by. This is all the things Republicans should, should stand by. And then as soon as word gets out that if you cross, you're gone. No one's going to want to pay all these coyotes and all these cartels to do it. Right now, it's too lucrative. They don't even have to sell drugs. They move people. 60 seconds to go. Great rant there, by the way. Brian, kill me. That's great stuff. Uh, lost weekend for football. DeVito, I had his father on a couple of days ago. Great 20-minute conversation, but he got hammered. Giants lose 24-6. Jets lose 30 to nothing. And I had Joe Beningo on the show last week. No bigger Jet fan than Joe. He's the man. But I argued with him that if you're the Jets, you don't play Aaron Rodgers. You're not making the playoffs. It's a five-win season. They have a horrible offensive line. Zach Wilson's terrible. I get that. But he ain't getting a lot of help either. Don't play Aaron. You know, all of 2024 from your coach to your GM to your whole football team, maybe your fan base, is relying on Aaron Rodgers to come back next year and give the Jets something. Why would you play him at 40 years old coming up a very serious injury? And he's like, I want to see him. I think it's stupid. What do you think? 
you have a solid argument, except if, if you're the coach and Rodgers says, Coach, I need to see you, and you say, okay, I'm doing other things, talking to Bill O'Reilly and Brian Kilmey, but I'll put it all on hold. Aaron, come on in. And then you say, what do you need? You go, Coach, psychologically, I need to play. I need to know at 40 years old I could still do this. Let me get in the last two games. It means a lot to me. If he does that, I do it. If he does not do that and said, Coach, it's your call, I don't do it. Fair enough. He, uh, it should be Aaron Rodgers with that decision. You're right about that, Brian. The Hall of Fame, one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks making that decision and not uh, Robert Sella. Anyway, you... Let me uh, ask you something. I just got a real, real quick question about our business. How do you feel about the fact that McAfee paid him a million dollars to appear each week? How do you feel about the fact that Pat McAfee makes $10 million a year and is the highest paid ESPN personality in the world? Smart. He's a smart business guy. I mean, this guy's a kicker, right? Punter? P- yeah, punter. Yeah. I mean, right. He doesn't even have, he doesn't even have sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, he, you know, he came out and he said, listen, I wanted him on every week, so I paid him a million dollars. Yeah, it's smart. And that came out later. And that is smart, isn't it? It's very, very smart. Don't forget all the all the comments Rodgers has made this year, and he's made a bunch. Go back to yeah. Pat McAfee, and I'll tell you, I do watch that uh, that Saturday morning. It's over now because it's bowl season. But that college football ESPN game day, college game day show with Carl yeah. and Lee and Kirk and Desmond and uh, McAfee does a uh, pretty good job. Anyway, talking about doing a good job, you do a great job. You've been a tremendous asset to sitting friends in the morning in 2023. You're a great friend as well for 20. Five years, so I wish you the uh, the merriest of Christmases, the happiest of New Years, and I look forward to continuing this great relationship in 2024. Thank you, Brian Kilmead. Well, believe uh, Sid, you you have allowed us to have success in the lineup. I'm just trying to hold on to your audience when I come on at ten. So it's really my honor to be on. In all seriousness. So thanks so much for everything. You got it, pal. I love you. There he is, folks. The great Brian Kilmeade. He's just a terrific guy. Great talent, but a terrific guy. 10 a.m. after me every weekday, Fox and Friends in One Nation, 9 p.m. Fox News Saturday nights. Still a lot more to do this morning, including Siggy Flicker, Bill O'Reilly, Jacqueline Toberoff. Keep it right here. Sitting Friends on a Monday.